It is episode 83 of Life's a Garden. Today's guest is returning for his second appearance on the podcast. He was working in the car sales industry, but is recently moving into the insurance game. We talk a lot about sports in this episode. We talk football, hockey, things like that. If you're not really into sports, make sure you listen to the second half of the podcast because we cover a lot of interesting topics like cryptocurrency and just the state of the world as it is right now. Some really interesting conversations that we have, so make sure you at least listen to that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Brandon Ostrich. Let's go, Brandon. What up, my guy? How's it going, man? Welcome back. Thanks. It's been a while. Absolutely. So we just got done watching the Broncos do what they do best and disappoint us. You could say fumble away the game. Yeah. Oh, dude. Definitely. I mean, it's like a, it's a lost season. We, we already lost. We knew that the season was a goner, mm. and it's like, you could at least beat the Chiefs. We w- we would call it a-, a victory in our eyes. Beat a rival team, our my least favorite team, at least. Yeah, same. And they didn't do anything. We had two opportunities too. Melvin Gordon fumbled the ball for one, and Vic Fangio, in the most secured way to lose his job, decided to not go for it and to just kick the field goal when we're still down a touchdown. Yeah. So it didn't change anything. It didn't change us from being a field goal down. We were still a touchdown down. Right. Why not go for it? And it's a very typical move by him to oh, just play it secure. And, I mean, the thing is, too, though, and I was telling you about this earlier, is, like, he'll go for it on fourth down when we really don't need to. Or he'll, you know, he'll go for a touchdown in a time that we don't need to. He'll risk it. And it it usually fails. Yeah. Or... When we should risk it, doesn't take any chances. No, that's and it's typical. Like he's done that his entire tenure in Denver. Yeah, he just he doesn't know. And another thing is clock management. Same thing. We called our timeouts on a drive that for no reason at certain points. And I know towards the end it didn't really matter because you know couldn't stop him on third down. They still you know could run the clock out as soon as they got the first down. But his time management is another factor that he doesn't understand. We have four and a half minutes left, almost five minutes left in the game. And you go for a field goal. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then just to take the timeouts with three and a half minutes left. I mean, the way they were moving the ball, it seemed pretty clear just let it go to the two-minute warning. Yeah. Or if if there was actual signs that we might get them on like a third down, if we'd stopped them, if it was like third and eight, okay, yeah, maybe take a timeout. It was second and five. Yeah. I, none of it made sense. Uh, I think he should, and it sucks to say this because... He is a good defensive coordinator. Oh, definitely. He's a player's coach. They play for him. But he should be fired alone for the fact that he let Pat Shermer stay on the team all year. Oh, definitely. And I know that we haven't been handed the best hand in quarterbacks, for one. And I'm not saying anything. I like Drew Locke. I think and he, he did has, good today. I, he did great today. His, his last couple games that he's played in you know, replacement Teddy Bridgewater coming in as backup role, I mean, he did well. I think if we have another offensive coordinator, he does better. I think we have a chance to win those games. I think we have a chance at the playoffs. Like he 
Pat Shermer, I think, is our biggest crutch right now. He's Absolutely, just not doing any doing us any favors whatsoever. And I would take I would take Fangio as the head coach, n- knowing that we get to keep his defensive mind, even though his head coaching skills are very questionable, clearly. But I would take the chance with a good quarterback and a and a better head or a better OC. I would take my chances with him staying the head coach. Right. At this point, I mean, there's been a lot of talks. I'm sure we'll get into this about quarterback in Denver. And at this point, why not just rebuild the whole thing? Bring in a quarterback, bring in a head coach that we know is going to work, bring in an offensive coordinator, like just figure everything out that's going to work and mend and gel together well. Yeah, well, you have like the skeleton. You have every piece you need except for the most important pieces to make a team function. Right. We don't have any of those. If we had a good, even not even a great quarterback, just a good quarterback, middle of the road, you know, like a, a Matt Ryan kind of quarterback, we'd be great. We'd be, you know, in contention every week. But we just have that one position we can't fill, we can't figure it out, and that's what's causing us our biggest issue. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, but first, yes, I am wearing the jersey still. Normally, I can't stand wearing the jerseys after a loss, but I wanted to prove that no matter what, through thick and thin, through a lost season, because season's over, fuck it, we on to next year. I'm a Broncos fan through and through, so y'all shut the fuck up about it. I am too, and like... He didn't want to wear the jersey. He's afraid. I am not afraid. <laughs> Shut up. I was just kidding. I still have my Trevor Simeon jersey. You don't think I believe? That's fair. That's fair. That's a that's a very true point. And you have way more jerseys than I do. Yeah, I have a few. Plus, you're rocking a winning team today. So Avalanche, let's go. That's the match. Hopefully, they're playing right now. Yeah. What's the score? Four-two. Uh, Kale McCarr just scored. Hell yeah! Yeah, that was a great game winner against Chicago. Oh yeah, you Fantastic. were showing me that. God, goal of the year. We'll get into the abs, too. But let's talk about quarterback, because you you were bringing that up. Um, Obviously, the big names that are being run around are Aaron Rodgers and uh, Russell Wilson. Personally, I don't think either of them leave their organizations. What what are your thoughts on those two? Of of those two, I think the one that's a major possibility to leave is the Seahawks. They're kind of like a rebuilding organization right now. I don't think Pete Carroll stays after this year. I think Russell Wilson has a high opportunity to leave after this year just because the organization, same thing, they're in a rebuild phase. Um, There are a couple underdogs, though, that I was kind of talking about earlier. I know we've said Matt Ryan. We've thrown that name around a little bit. It's the one that makes the most sense to me. But with recent events, Baker Mayfield. Okay. How do you feel about him? I mean, I was telling you earlier, I, I think he is about as caliber as a Matt Ryan would be right now. So I think if we got him, you're pretty much getting a, a similar quality quarterback. The obvious difference is he's a younger quarterback. So if it were to work out, you, you know, you have him for a lot longer. Right. On the flip side, here's here's my downfall of it. If If let's just say we got Matt Ryan or we got uh, Baker Mayfield. In the event that they succeed, it's a positive in the Mayfield side right. because, you know, he's younger, he will have him for longer. If if Matt Ryan succeeds, it's unfortunate because he's older, he won't be around very long. You flip that to the opposite side. If they fail, at least on Matt Ryan's side, you can say, well, he's old. You know, he's, right. he's an aged-out quarterback. It was just a missed fire. With Mayfield, it looks really bad if you get a guy like that and he fails still. that With the Mayfield side, if, if he doesn't end up in failure position, it, he, what he reminds me of a lot of is Jay Cutler. Yeah. He, did, he did, had a few good years, iffy years with Denver, and he goes to the Bears, and he doesn't necessarily you know light the world on fire. He just 
stays average. He's, you know, smoking Jay. He's just out there. He's a starting quarterback, but he's not one that you know every week has an opportunity to win. If you're going up against a great team and he's not doing well, then I doubt that he has that opportunity to win a lot. So, I don't know, confidence in a few things like that come into factor that I am kind of iffy on with him. Yeah. But I still... I don't know. I think he's in a better situation in Denver. I think he, I think most quarterbacks, with what's built around the Denver organization, I mean, besides coach, like I don't, I like I said, even him as a, he's a players coach, so he's not a terrible coach. He just doesn't make the the right basic calls in game. Yeah, he's a great coach otherwise, but I mean, it's hard to really like get behind him on that because he makes some pretty boneheaded in play judgment. And that's kind of an important part of being a head coach. Um, Quarterback wise. Yeah. I think the team itself is built for it's a quarterback's wet dream. Yeah. It's kind of a a Tom Brady situation where Brady came to Tampa Bay. They already had the team. They Mm -hmm. just needed a quarterback and look what happened. Yeah. So I think something similar could, could happen if we got a guy like Rogers. Now, what do you think the likelihood Rodgers leaves based on, like, if they don't win the Super Bowl, if, let's say, they go to the NFC Championship again and fail? Do you think it's more likely he stays, retires, or comes somewhere else, potentially, hopefully, Denver? Rodgers still has that winning drive in him. I, everyone talks about him leaving Green Bay, and I don't see it happening. I really don't. I, I don't kind of He's, agree. He has his foot foot in. He knows the team. He's loved by the fan base. Last year was just, you know, he... And it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, the quarterback isn't happy. Nobody's happy. When you have when he's the star of the franchise, he's the face of the franchise, and everyone's, you know, he can tell he's not happy. He's clearly made it vocal he's not happy, and they fixed a few things that I, I think that he's going to stay with Green Bay until he retires. I would I would agree. I also saw the same thing with Favre. I also saw, or thought the same thing with Favre. thought the same thing with Brady, and saw what happened to them and a lot of people base Rogers career around Favre because a lot of the same things happened you know it's very similar like mirror image almost sort of thing but I still don't see him leaving Green Bay right I think the Matt Ryan thing is the one that just makes the most sense to me based on the fact that the Falcons are kind of ready for a rebuild yeah. it's very obvious they, they lost Julio they lost Calvin Ridley they they're brand new head coach, young team, not a very good defense, and they're everything we're they're they're basically the mirror opposite of Denver. We have a team, we don't have a quarterback. So I think Ryan fits right in and he gets another shot at potentially winning a Super Bowl or at least goes to a a better team. So it favors him, it favors us, it favors the Falcons ultimately. It's and then to your point with Baker Mayfield I just think they're still an organization that could win, so they're going to fight to keep him. Oh, definitely. Unless they aren't happy with him, if they don't want him, that's the only way that they're going to that he's leaving. Yeah. Because they already I think they already extended his option, his fifth year option. Yeah. Well, and with Matt Ryan, the major upside I can see of that is how old is he? Like 33? 37. 37. So about a little older than when Manning came in. I know yeah. he's a little older, but at least that would give us probably three, maybe four good years with him. And that would give us a chance to, maybe not this draft because it's not very, you know, highly quarterback-centered. Yeah. Maybe the draft after that, I know there's some great quarterbacks coming in. Um, I'm not a huge follower of college football. I just kind of follow what other people say. But 
I know we have some good quarterbacks coming in that would give him a couple of years to sit behind him, kind of learn from him, learn you know uh, from a veteran quarterback, and that sets us up for the future. We have an opportunity right away with an aging quarterback to get him his his ring that he deserves, and give us an opportunity to kind of sit somebody, let him learn, let him you know whatever. I think Locke could even sit, and yeah. if we signed Locke to a smaller deal, yeah. I mean I don't think he would do that. I think he would definitely test the market, but it's I think Locke is is not a bad candidate to sit behind a, a veteran quarterback he never really has yeah. well and I don't think Mahomes is that like I know he was highly rated coming out of college but it wasn't the point where everyone thought he was going to be the player he is right and he sat behind Alex Smith for a little while yeah like a year and a half yeah and so I mean that still gives him an opportunity to have a you know a good player come in learn from an NFL quarterback don't just throw him to the dogs like uh Trevor Lawrence or yeah um, a few players like that like the Jaguars are just terrible this year. A lot of the quarterbacks, I think Mac Jones is the only one that's really coming in and setting the world on fire with that. So, But he also got set up with a really good team. Right, yeah, you can't expect, you could have thrown anybody in with the Jags and expected about the same with Urban Myers, but right, and you can't really and you can't really say much about Trey Lance just yet. Like we've only seen glimpses of him. Yeah. Justin Fields not put in a very good situation. Same thing. Yeah, and also fighting with quarter. You know, it's it's a of quarterback battle in that in Chicago with yeah. that well, too. Well, a lot of those players, it's like throwing a bottle of water on a dumpster fire. It's not going to do anything. You can't just put a bandaid on a, a total vehicle. Like it's you have to fix something else to make it work well and some guys come in and they they do really well like joe burrow yeah but some guys need that time to develop or to sit behind and kind of learn the system learn the the league and see catch the speed of the game all this but and i think Locke could have been that guy if if he would have had somebody to sit behind he just kind of and i think lawrence could be that guy if he was on anybody else but the jaguars yeah i think lawrence was a pro ready quarterback yeah he's just on a terrible terrible team yeah so I don't think Lawrence is going anywhere. Like I think he's going to end up turning it around and becoming a better quarterback. He just needs weapons. He needs that help, and they'll get it. Um, but with with uh, the, I was going to say that another thing about Mayfield. This would be kind of crazy if and, and I'm not opposed to the Mayfield thing. Like I'm actually I'm very much on board with that. The thing that would be crazy about that is I had Denver projected to draft him the year that he got drafted because I thought the Browns were going to take Josh Allen. Yeah. Which, in hindsight, probably would have been the better move for them. Like, Josh Allen still would have been the better pick, and we we skipped on him. Which I'm really mad about still. I'll forever day. be heartbroken over yeah. that. But I had us, in my mock draft, taking Mayfield at five. So that would be kind of crazy if we still ended up getting him. At that point, though, Denver's always been that team where if it's, like, still true, like, what if we started 11 different quarterbacks since Manning? And it's if they don't work out right away, we bench them. We don't give him time to develop. Like, we need to throw a player out there and see if he works. Well, and see, I think that was a product of both. It was a product of Elway. Oh, yeah. Really. Because Elway felt the pressure from the fans or the organization or somebody. He, he felt all the pressure, so he always was trying to make the change. He never let anybody develop. Right. He never made the right decision. Flacco, Keenan, or Keenum, I mean. Yeah. It, so many missed fired moves and so i don't know that peyton's gonna do the same thing yeah well we'll see yeah we will only time will tell what do you think let's say fangio gets fired what are your thoughts who's stepping up like who are we gonna go get i wouldn't mind mike munchek already wouldn't be bad already coming up from the from within our organization players already know him i I think he's a good head coach we just need 
better coordinators. Yeah, I as long as it's not Dan Quinn. I don't like I don't, that. I don't want an old coach. It's proven time yeah. and time again now in modern NFL, you need a young coach who knows who's young. He's got a fresh mind. Sean McVay comes to mind. I, If memory, some memory serves me right, he didn't do great his first year or two, but look at him now. They, he, he led Jared Goff to the Super Bowl. They have a fantastic team. They are, at least in my mind, probably the number one prospect for the Super Bowl this year. Right. And um, same thing with like quite a few other head coaches that are young. Yeah. Freaking uh, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. And, uh, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, Stefanski. Like, the kid from uh, the Cincinnati. Yeah. It's it's becoming a younger guy's football. And when they learn that, and Andy Reid, like, I know he's old, but... Well, you get... Yeah, I mean, you still get, like, the Mike Tomlins and the Belichicks, yeah. but... There's a reason they're tenured coaches that are on the same team forever because right. they're good. Or, you know, a John Harbaugh. Right. But it's like, then there's these certain coaches that are just meant to be coordinators. They're not quite head yeah. coaches. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, if Fangio had a better hand dealt to him when he started with Denver, I feel like he'd be in a better position. But because of everything that's happened, I just don't He just hasn't proven it. to be a no. good head coach. He's not a Kubiak kind of coach. No. Or like... And I know he had a great team around him, but still. And I and he fits the mold in every aspect of it besides game management. Yeah. And that's a very important part. Oh, definitely. You can't not have that. Yeah. His game management, like his in-game decisions, all this stuff, it's terrible. Like Bill Belichick, he comes to mind. He's like the best. Master. He's the master of that. He knows like to the second when to call a timeout he yeah. knows everything and i love and i'm not a huge i'm not a patriots fan at all obviously i'm you know born and raised broncos fan but watching him when he knows what he's doing and does something that everyone's scratching their head at and he just has a grin on the sideline is one of the funniest things because he just is that evil mastermind just sitting there like rubbing his hands together like hey, this is working out exactly how i want right and then it always works and we just we need somebody like that in denver i agree um yeah. Other than that, everything else is in place. I, I don't know of any big free agents that we're going to lose this year. We we signed a lot of guys, big important guys. So we need to get f- rid of Gordon. <sighs> yeah, I know we have one of the best two running back duos in the league, like him and. But it's Javante. Javante needs to be the starter. Yeah, he needs to not have any pressure of. Yeah. Boone would be a fine backup yeah he's he's done great in the roles he's done yeah so and i know that it didn't pan out with Lindsay, but looking we could at him, bring him back we can always bring him back he is a free agent and i think he wouldn't threaten that first spot i think he's yeah. it's become very humbling and clear that he's not really a number one guy yeah and at the time he was at the time he looked great out there. i i would like to see a split back situation with with gord or with uh williams and Lindsay, yeah, and I Gordon. I think we do still have him under contract one more year. I think we do. So we're either going to cut him or or we could trade him to a, a much needed, you know, a running back yeah. needy team. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would too, even for picks this year. I don't... Just to yeah. and free up cap, you know, yeah. it would make a lot of sense. As I, long as we don't set ourselves up as the uh, like the Giants. The Giants don't even have enough money to I field a full roster this week. So that's so crazy to me. Very poor management on that aspect. And it's not even like they're a good team. Like, I know when we won the Super Bowl, we were a little over on cap. We did pay the, you know, penalties and stuff for that. But it's not like they're even in contention. They're just a terrible team yeah. that can't pay their players. So it's like, how are you paying all these players that aren't performing? It also does... I don't understand how a pro sports team 
can have that bad of money management. Yeah. Same thing with the Coyotes. I think it was to the end of this month, and this came out like three or four months ago in the NHL. They can't afford, they're, they have so much back taxes owed to the city of Glendale and to the stadium that they're going to get kicked out of their stadium. They're no that bad way. of money. They're the last in the NHL. They're a t- terrible team. They can't win a game. They can't score goals, and they can't pay their taxes. <laughs> so, I mean, it kind of brings that to mind as well. Like, I don't understand how a pro team could be that. Do you think they get sold? It's in talks. It's in talks that they moved to Houston. Really? Yeah. There's been a lot of weird stuff coming out with that. Interesting. But huh? I could. I could. I I hadn't even really put any thought into where another NHL franchise would work. But Houston's not a bad spot. Sorry, I gotta keep up on the Avalanche game. How's it going? (laughs) Still, still losing. But four two. Yeah. What? What's the period? Um, I think we're in the. Going into the third period, so still a chance. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about a winning organization. How about that? That, that works as long as it's not the Rockies, because that's obviously <laughs> the Rockies are dead to me. Yeah, I, I I'm a self converted at this current time to the Cubs because I can't support an organization like that. But let's talk about the Avalanche. Yeah, yeah, winning yeah. Organization. Yeah, I can get down on some hockey. So you know more than I do, man. Take the floor, dude. We have probably the best first line in the NHL. We got Nathan McKinnon, we got Miko Rantanen, we got Gabriel Landeskog. When that first line is out there, especially with how good our defense is, like Kale McCarr can go out there and he's like a forward in his own. So when you only have five guys out there and you need to double team somebody like McKinnon, they usually have two skaters on him. That frees up McCarr and it frees up uh, Landeskog and it frees up Rantanen to do their own thing. And that really proved against, uh, who was it, I think the Jets that... um, Landskog went out and got a hat trick. Yeah, and he's not—he's a great captain. He's, he leads the team. He's a fantastic guy, and he—but he's not a goal scorer necessarily. Like mm-hmm. he scores goals, he stills you know up there on the team, but he's not the number one guy like, um, like a McKinnon, like a McKinnon kind of guy. Yeah. But when he can go out there and be do a hat trick, something like you know that against, tells you something that, about that tells you something. McKinnon, the the power of just having McKinnon on the ice. Yeah. Oh, and that McCarr goal against Chicago, I I've watched that probably a hundred times. Dude, that was I, pre- you showed me earlier. That was pretty sick. Watching that live, I my mouth just dropped. I could not believe that. Well, he's a defenseman too, and he's, he's a defenseman. He's probably one of the best scoring defensemen in the NHL. Yeah, and he's just he's going up against uh, I can't uh, Doc. He's going up against him. You know, going up just doing whatever, and then he just turns around, goes straight at the net, and scores it. Front hand, backhand, front hand, backhand, lifts it up, puts it in the net. That's crazy. And against, especially against Marc Andre Fleury, who is arguably the best goalie in the NHL. He's had he's a little down this year, but still one of the best. One goalies. of the best of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think he's like third all time in wins. Wow. And he's just the fact that somebody can go out and do that, and the entire Avs organization is just fantastic. If we don't, we won young. presidents last year. We're young. We've got you know probably five, six all stars. Even when your second and third line still show depth. And your third line of defense is still like Eric Johnson, and you know you still have great players out there. That really shows how much depth they have. And if we don't win presidents this year, then I really don't know what else we could do. Like I know Darcy Kemper's a little bit of a iffy in net. Like if something happens to him, we really don't have the depth because he's he's going to get worn out. The same thing that happened to Grubauer last year. He just got worn out. And going into the playoffs, that's going to be a huge thing. But I mean, if we can get somebody before the trade deadline, I think that really cements us as Stanley Cup favorites, which is awesome. That would be amazing. I mean, we were last year, too, and... Oh, yeah. Like, we just had a few... It's 
another thing too is like I think those guys are get, they're getting used to being a a playoff team. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like something that just I guess some teams do. Some teams just come into the playoffs and they just wreck. Yeah. But it's like some guys maybe they need to get used to that feeling of the pressure and Well, and going back to what you were saying about being a young team. If you're a young team, you, it it doesn't matter if you win your first two years, three years, you know, in the playoffs. You need to learn that experience. You need to know what's happening. It's not just another hockey game. You're playing for something major there. And even if it's not like a football game where you know it's one and done, you're still playing like four games, you know, whatever. It's still like you need to gain that experience. You need to know what's happening to really get a grasp on it and be able to play to your top. Right. So I don't know. This year, I think it's Stanley Cup or bust. I would say so. I, there's some tough teams in that in that conference. Though. Oh, there is. Last year we had a little bit of competition. This year's looking a lot like the NFL is. Like there's you know coming up to the last couple weeks of the season, you still got 12 teams in it for the playoffs. It's right. Kind of the same thing. We have got a lot of people in there still in it, but Avalanche are doing well. I think we're four games behind because we kind of got offset because they shut the the a few teams down for covid right but we're four or five games down and we're only like six points out four yeah points i saw that. First, that so that was definitely um we've got the the best winning percentage in the league yeah that's that's what counts okay so if we can finish these games out and keep the same thing we're gonna be president's cup again boom boom because yeah they got it last year didn't they yeah hell yeah hell yeah i wish the nuggets were doing better like they the nuggets are doing good for how injured they are I mean, they're out two starters, and I haven't been paying attention as much as I did last year. It's just been rough, man. Yeah. I'm not a basketball guy, so right. I, that's unfortunately something I can't really comment much on. I'm just not a basketball kind of guy. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it, nothing to be said, really. They're they're going to make the playoffs, I'm sure of it, because yeah. everybody below eight, I just don't see us losing to any of them. Well, and even not being a basketball guy, but seeing Jokic out there and being in talks for, like, MVP kind of stuff. Oh, he should cool. be MVP again. Yeah. In fact, he should be looked at as an MVP more so this year than last year because he literally is carrying the team now. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, he he pretty much was last year, too. But now he actually is. He's the yeah. only... I mean, he, there's a couple other guys that are stepping up and stuff. But the win percentage with him on the court versus off the court is staggering. Really? Like it the numbers drop almost exponentially. So they they were showing the stats, the stat lines of all the guys that are in Kevin Durant and I can't remember uh somebody I can't remember who the other one that they're talking about is potential MVP, but probably Steph Curry, probably. But all the stats they're showing Jokic is just right there with them, if not above them. And they're just not talking about him because they're not winning. Like, yeah. they, they are winning, but they're not, like, a top three. Yeah. They're, like, six and seven seed, usually. Well, that's the same thing with all Denver teams. They're, they're a small market team. They're yeah. not, like... we Like, Denver probably has one of the biggest fan bases for football. But then when it comes to anything else, like Rockies or Hockey is pretty... They, oh, oh! You're talking kinda, about the full market. Yeah, they they kind of sit lower on the market teams. They're not like yeah. A, like I would a, say hockey is Colorado is kind of a hockey place. Yeah, well, it's, more so than yeah. than like the Rockies or the Nuggets for sure. The Nuggets yeah. are definitely the the least popular team in Col- in Denver for sure. Which is crazy because I feel like they are have always been a perennially good team. Like I know they've had their off years, but they are still a good. They've team. They've always had stars and stuff. Yeah, it's just like. 
I mean, basketball is a coast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a New York, California, L.A. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a big market. Chicago, Detroit. Well, and even up here, being you know like 500 miles from Denver, we still all you see is Golden State Warriors, Golden State Warriors, Chicago right. Bulls. Yeah, you don't like see any Nuggets stuff because no. it's it's very franchise based. Definitely, it's not as much. And you could say the same about baseball in some senses too. Here, at least, like Yankees and yeah. Dodgers. But yeah. like one of my best friends is you know born and raised here. You know, he's a huge Yankees fan. That's all he cheers for Yankees. yeah it's not even like a second team nothing like that just a yankees fan well and that's i mean that's there are real yankees fans out there i, mm-hmm. I think it gets lost in in the thought of like just everybody's the yankees fan because it's yeah. just like the team yeah but like there truly are real yankees yeah. fans out there same with like cowboys everyone's right like, just a cowboys fan even if you don't watch football you're still a cowboys fan at this point at realistically at this point who would want to be a cowboys fan you know what i mean like the idea of people just being Cowboys fans because it's the Cowboys, that doesn't really ring true anymore. Like, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're a true Cowboys yeah. fan. Because they're not, like, just dominating or... Like, they're doing good this year. But the last ten years, yeah, they've pretty much been dog shit. Yeah. Well, I can't even really think of, like... Every year there's a team in a certain sport that's always a bandwagon fan. Like, for the oh. longest time up here, at least it was Seattle. Sea- the Seahawks. Everyone's mm-hmm. a Seahawks fan. The Bucks, maybe... It, whoever but, I mean, the Chiefs are definitely the bandwagon team now. Yeah, but you still don't see that many people that are Chiefs fans. Oh, I do. I've seen a lot. More yeah. more than I ever have in my entire life. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because they're a winning team. It's, it doesn't even necessarily have to be the fact that they won the title a couple years ago. It, it's more the fact that they are a good team with a good playing. Yeah. Like, a lot of good players. So they're fun to watch. Yeah. And that always happens. Yeah, the Warriors, another example of like a team that's very bandwagon heavy because they're just so stacked with talent yeah. and you're always going to see a show. Yeah. What would that... I mean, you don't really see a lot of that in hockey because hockey's just not a popular sport. Like it like it used to be. It's not really as much anymore. Like when the... Red, I remember when the Red Wings, that... Yeah. When they were like going strong... There was a lot of hockey craze. A lot of people are getting to that point right now with Avalanche. Like we have seven games this year where we've scored seven goals, and that's a bit, that's like my problem with soccer. It's not a high scoring game. If it's a high scoring game, I'll watch it. But, but at least not, with it hockey, it's high intensity. It's high intensity, and like with the Avalanche, you know that there's going to be short shifts. You know the av- the top line is going to go out there, and you know that every time McKinnon and Landeskog and Rantanen are out on the ice, there's a chance to score. Yeah, every game, like. It's just fun to watch. They can go up against the other team's top line. And it's just watching them just tic-tac-toe it, put it in the net every time. I could definitely see if you're like a major hockey fan and you're just not, you're not really a, a set team. Yeah. I could see you like just being coming like a, a bandwagon Avs fan at this point. Like you, for the same reason, just yeah. a very stacked team. Yeah. And the thing that's nice about the way the Avs got stacked. We drafted most of those guys. Like yeah. it was mostly in house. Yeah. And to, in all fairness, the Warriors could say the same. Like most of the guys the Warriors have gotten were drafted by them. So I'll give them that. When they got Kevin Durant, I was like, "Fuck you guys," because then they just became a super team. Yeah. They they went out and got like one of the top players in the NBA to become this super pack team, which they already were. And it just seems funner. It just seems more like well deserved when it's. You've built that team. Yeah, the definitely. Nuggets are the same way. The Nuggets pretty much built that team. They drafted all their stars, mm. and I love that. It just makes you feel, I don't know, like I remember the Packers. The Packers are a great example of a team that 
I don't know. How, they don't really do it as much anymore. But I remember when Mike McCarthy was the head coach. Pretty much their whole team was just drafted. Yeah, they had like maybe five guys that had been free agent. It's crazy. Yeah, it's and it's more fun that way because you get to see them like go from being a rookie, you know, still doing well, but just working their way up to watching them to be like a superstar in the league and watching them be the best like of all time almost. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely, and not just paying all the money to get the best guy. Yeah. I don't know. I can't even think of any head coaching candidates that I would want for Denver. Not much out there right now. No, there's not. Like, I'd have to really look at, but first and foremost, we got to have a, a vacancy. So. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem. Like, we're in a rebuild still. Like, I know it's been, you know, five, six years since Manning. We're well, still in a rebuild. It's been longer than that. Yeah. It's been like eight well, 15 season. 15. Yeah, you're right. So it's but, been like seven. But still, it's not like we're going into like last off season where, you know, or the season, season before that where Phillip Rivers is a free agent. And, yeah. You know, Tom Brady's a free agent. You got all these head coaches that are out there. It's not like that. It's just one of those where you got to fill gaps. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I mean, I think we'll know by the end of the week if Fangio stays or not. Definitely. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, aside from sports talk, which we can p- come right back to it, you're getting a new job. I am. I am. I'm going to be a producer for my cousin at Farmers Insurance, which is pretty awesome. Caden Settlem Agency. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. Yeah? I'm excited, yeah. Last time we talked, I was you know, pretty set in car sales and kind of sad to leave. Not really a reason for it. I just had an opportunity and needed to... Take a definitely something you can always go back to. Maybe not necessarily to that same dealership, but I mean, any dealership will take a salesman. Well, and that's a nice thing is when I left, my managers all told me like, "Hey, you know what? If it doesn't work out, come back and see me, and we'll give you a job back." One of the i one of the guys I, that actually got me the job up there, I bought a car from Nissan, mm-hmm. and it kind of just led into me getting a job there. At when COVID hit, I wasn't going to sit on my butt and do nothing, so I got a job there. And he actually got transferred to one of our other locations, a Chevy store. And he immediately heard that I quit and wanted me to go up and talk to him. So I went up and chatted with him. He's still a good friend of mine. So he's like, you know, if you want to start here today, like, I'll hire you today. I'm like, no. Like, at Menholt? Yeah. I'm like, you know, Emmett, like, that's not not what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm not, there's not a reason I'm leaving. It's other than I just need to try this opportunity. Try a new, yeah. Well, it's security that you know that you're welcome to go back or you have other options if, yeah. per se, this doesn't necessarily work out in whatever facet yeah it's not what you're looking for not making quite the money you were hoping for yeah you never know but why not take a chance yeah you know and it it made me sad to leave the day i quit like all my managers were like you know i told them like you're like family to me it's it's not that like i love everyone like dan and ben are awesome emmett's awesome kyle sterling malik uh you know just everyone there is just awesome and i i miss them all i still talk to them pretty much every day they're still you know great friends of mine it's just See, but that's nice too because now you have connections to guys that are like, "Oh, let me hook you up with this insurance guy." Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, well, if you, if you need a referral for an insurance company, I got my guy Brandon here. Yeah. Well, and that's actually what happened with my cousin too. Before I before I started at Farmers, which I'm starting in two days, I had sent him a few leads from you know selling people cars, and it wasn't very many, but everyone that I sent Something. over to him, he signed. Yeah. So it's it's still a great opportunity. And I know a lot of people in real estate and things like that that are like, yeah, well, as soon as you get set up, let me know your contact info and you'll be my first in line. So it's just, it's a great opportunity to kind of transition that rollover and still have, you know, 
people that will help me, you know, build my business and everything like that. So it's really fun. And it's not just car insurance, right? You're doing life insurance and it's life insurance, car insurance, homeowners, renters, kind of the property and casualty in life. Yeah. Okay. And so what's the, what's the process of that? Like when you're trying to get, when you're getting into it? Um, so I had a little weird process because my cousin immediately was just knew that I would be his guy. So we want, he bugged me forever, finally got me to go over and I'm, um, it's, it's not that hard. There's a lot of testing you have to do. Um, I'm not sure how much I can really go into with that, you know, legally, but it's, there's a lot of testing. You have to take tests for property and casualty and life and health and surety. And there's a lot of stuff you have to go into. I've definitely studied a lot, definitely, you know, done a lot of training already. I've probably at 40 hours of training and studying already. And I haven't even started there. Damn. So it's, it's a lot of work. Um, I took this last week off just to kind of have some time, probably the longest time I've had off since I got my first job and it's hasn't really been time off. I've been, you know, <laughs> training and doing everything. So, right. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. Right on. Excited for the opportunity. Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked for you. And then, um, I was going to ask you something else. Okay. So, Maybe you're not quite into it as much yet, but it's, and I probably should wait to ask you this question when you've gotten more of the feel for the business, but I've always been kind of confused by insurance in some ways. Like I understand the basic principle of what insurance is and why, but I think, and I think a lot of people would ask this question, why is insurance so expensive and I still got to pay a deductible? So, and it's not necessarily the ex- expensiveness of it, but it's the fact that I pay all this money all the time, and I still got to pay a deductible. I never understood that necessarily. So, what insurance is? If you look at the basics, it's a transfer of risk. So, you own a car, right? If you wreck that car, do you want to have to pay every dime out to be able to cover it? Right. No. So, what you're paying monthly for a agreement for the company to be like, yeah, if something happens under these, you know, these factors, we'll cover it. And the reason for the deductible is kind of just to facilitate the process. And, you know, it's it's still the transfer of risk. It's just kind of the way it happens. Some and companies will even do like zero dollar deductible, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just it's a transfer of risk more than, more than anything. Okay. And that's fair. So, so uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's way more than I could understand. Like, I'm yeah. not... I don't dig deep into the stuff like that. So. I, I've had to, and it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. I remember lot when you had your Camaro, and you had to do... That, you had a big insurance battle with that. That that was just a mess. That was just... Yeah. I got in a wreck on July 4th of 2016 with it, and it took until, like, mid-February to get everything figured out, and that was... I don't remember what the insurance... It wasn't the one I'm working for. It was a couple other insurances, and I, I don't know what happened exactly, but it was... It, it it all got figured out in the end, but it was just a uh, a lot of it was on the other party because he was lying to them and a lot of stuff happened with that. So it wasn't really on them; it was more on the other guy that was involved in the accident, which it was I was not at fault for, mm-hmm. but he was trying to turn it to where it was. So right, yeah, and I and I will come talk to you about seeing seeing if we can lower mine to see yeah. if we can bundle my house, my home, and auto. Yes, give me an opportunity to see what I can do for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I will at least check it out, yeah. you know. And I didn't. I was going to tell you this, too, and I forgot. You want to hear the thing that almost made me leave State Farm immediately? What's up? So, remember how they... I don't know if they still do it. I haven't been offered it again. 
So remember that safe drive mm. thing? It was like drive safe and save. Yeah. And so what it is is you put like a little... The little chip in your OBD2 port. And, yeah. Yeah. And it tracks your speed, your average speed. It tracks like how hard you brake, brake yeah. things like that, how hard you accelerate. And so, and then you you can check it on your phone. It links mm. to your phone. Well, I had like an A plus rating or whatever. I or it, may, it was a good rating enough, and it sh- it straight up tells you what your like discount will be after so long. Well, it just so happened that right before, like a month before my discount was going to be applied something happened with my like app or the fucking chip or some there was some malfunction somewhere in there that they couldn't like find the information to show my discount and it was like a pretty substantial discount that i was going to be receiving so i didn't get that discount and i almost flipped out and quit them immediately and i think they ended up giving me some kind of a relief because of the of the bullshit. Yeah. And actually, I think that's what it was. I said, I don't want any part of this fucking drive safe and save shit. Like, you, you teased me with this discount, and then I didn't get it, so I'm done with this drive safe and save shit. And I still stayed with them, but I, and I think I did end up getting a little bit of a discount, and that was on my Avenger. Okay. Just because of the whole malfunction. But yeah. I was like, this is bullshit. Like, yeah. what a coincidence. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, I'm not sure how much I can really go into a lot of that, but, I mean, it's... Stuff happens, unfortunately. I don't know. I could Nothing. kill them. <laughs> it's probably not legal. Yeah. But. yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy. I'm sure you would. Oh, uh, and then also, <laughs> you're... I think we talked about this last time, but you're getting married soon. July 2nd of next year. Well, of this, this year, year. This year. Yeah, yeah. it's coming up, boy. Less, less than six months. How you feeling? You nervous? Excited. No. Excited. Good. That's, excited. That's the right answer. Right on. Yeah, I'm excited too, man. I, I I love going to weddings, and I love being in weddings. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't. They think they feel like it's a lot of work, or like you got you know you have a bigger role. You got to be in the wedding. You got to dress up and do all the photos and all this stuff. I love all that stuff. I don't know. I. My biggest part is I don't want to have a wedding that's like, you know, you have to do this and this and this and this and this. Right. And, like, I'm just – I just want to be married to my best friend. I don't know. It's I'm just excited to spend my life with her. Just The wedding's just, a, you know, a part of it. I mean, she's excited for it, and I'm excited yeah. for everything as well. But, I mean, I just want it to be, be fun. I don't, I don't want it to be like, you know, the groomsmen feel like, you know, it's a job. Oh, I never. I've never felt like, like it's that. A job or anything. It's just, uh, just have fun. Well, I just know most people don't really love weddings in general. Yeah. You know, it's either okay. It's either they love them, or they're like, oh, wedding. You know, and they'll like the reception is fun, everything afterwards, but like the ceremony and all that stuff. People just get like, some people do and some people don't. Yeah. I'm one that does. I enjoy weddings. I I've always had fun at weddings, and I just I don't know. There's something about it I like. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've definitely. I've only been to what? I've been to Max's wedding, Buddy Michael's wedding, and I think that's it. I think I've only been to like two. Or I've three also weddings. only been to two. Well, I've been to a few. I've been to probably in total like four or five. Yeah. But I've been in two, and those were like the ones most recently. And I think the other ones I was a kid. Yeah. So well, I didn't really. You'll care. be in mine. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm excited for. Yeah. Uh, but it's like. I think a lot of it, honestly, is because I don't do a lot of weddings. So it's exciting. I've done way too many funerals, 
and not enough weddings. Actually, what am I talking about? Like, I went to my cousin Ellie's wedding, and that's one of my all-time favorite memories because it's just it was all my family in one place. Yeah, it was up at Flathead, and pretty area. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, oh. Are, were you still thinking Chico? I I think we're gonna do Chico. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't and, remember because you you had mentioned maybe doing like Flathead area, yeah. something like that. But well, for I don't know, we are, aren't doing a traditional like you know bridesmaid party and stuff we're just gonna do like a cabin weekend I yeah don't know. that sounds great we should do some fishing oh definitely the more i was thinking about if it if we're gonna be up on the yellowstone you know we're gonna do yeah, fishing you know me <laughs> i know i know i like me i probably would have just been sitting in the hot spring but yeah I'll, I'll go fishing like i was just thinking the other day like i haven't gone in so long i'll look like a dummy out there but as long as you're having fun dude doesn't yeah. matter how you look out there i like i still remember how to cast i remember all that stuff yeah i, yeah, I need to get out fishing that's one thing i'm excited for working where I am is I'm gonna have weekends off. So especially considering my cousin's the one I always go with, and I'm gonna be working for him. So it's we're gonna have an opportunity to you know be out more often. Yeah. Because um, what was it two years ago? We were out every every weekend. We had oh, same days off every weekend. We were out you know going up to Paradise Valley and you know fishing or floating the Yellowstone, going to Bighorn and floating it, Stillwater and fishing. Like we were always out camping and doing everything so i'm excited to be able to do that more this summer camp and do everything yeah i guess i kind of that is a big benefit is the fact that like as a salesman you're on the clock all the time basically you're always on call like if a sales come if somebody's coming in and it's your sale you got to get get your ass in there or somebody else is going to take it exactly yeah and that's one thing like with cars is like on my day off my days off are Wednesday, sat- Wednesday, Sunday. Sun- Sunday, Ooh, the dealership's closed. So it's split. So camping is pretty much out of the question. But like Wednesday, if I'm just chilling on my day off, customer calls me, I either have to split the deal and I only get half of it or I, c- I have to go in for, you know, three, four or five hours at a time to deal with my customer. I do that multiple times. And it's just, it drags on you when you can't really plan anything. You only get one true day off. And you're usually working like 10 hour days. Yeah. If 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 it's anywhere like my, like a Toyota. Yeah. I, I, tor- I got kind of got to the point where I just quit going in early and quit staying late. I was, you know, if it was an eight to three shift, I'd be gone at three or five. Or if I didn't have to come in till 11, I wouldn't be there till, you know, 10 50. But it, yeah, if you're doing like bell to bell every day, it gets old. Cause it's just it's 11, a lot of sitting around 10 or 11 hour days, you know, sitting there calling and texting people. And, you know, you get people constantly that are flaking on you or what my favorite is coming in on your day off and having somebody be like, yeah, I'll be there on Wednesday. Come in Wednesday, sit there for three hours. They don't show up. Won't answer your calls. Won't answer your texts. So you go home and then they show up an hour later. That's one of the things that just drives me nuts. Yeah. So. I'm sure there's some, there's some definitely dragging aspects to the sales to, you yeah. know, I, I could never do it. Sales is sales, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> Absolutely. And so what would you be Monday through Friday? Yep. Nine to five. Hell yeah. Oh, God. Nice. That was my favorite part about when I left Olive Garden and went and did Toyota is just knowing I was going to have a Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, rather than having to have split yeah. shifts or night shifts, weekends. Not knowing when you're going to get off. Not knowing what your schedule is going to be week to week. Not and, knowing how much money you're going to make. Because, yeah. you know, some days you make bank, some days you make nothing. Some yeah. weeks you make nothing. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's everyone's dream is to not have to work that nine to five be able to you know have an open schedule do whatever but not when you me. have it it drives you nuts at least for me i never thought a desk job would be fun i always thought i'd be one of those people that you know is out working with their hands you know i don't i always thought i'd be like a carpenter or um auto repairs or something like that so being able to you know have a nine to five job right like now is just fantastic it's i'm so, so excited <laughs> oh dude it's the best and i was even i've been 
kind of considering potentially getting another second job just mm-hmm. to like catch back up because Christmas and some of my trips right. kind of took it out of me and but tax returns coming coming out soon so maybe we'll bounce back a little bit there I don't want a second job because the more I thought about it I was like god I just love this 8 to 5 yeah I don't want to do an all day and and the thing is too I can work extra hours over there. It's not a big deal. So if I'm going to get a second job, I'd rather just stay there and just get more hours there. Are you over there? Are you hourly or do you get paid like so flat rate? Uh, flat rate. So you so if it's like a one hour job, you finish it in half an hour, you still get paid for the hour. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And so it it becomes easy to get extra hours that way, but also it's there's the downside of the fact if there's no work or if yeah. there's little work, not a lot of hours. Yeah. That yeah that definitely drains a little bit too so right but you can also do like little things around the shop and and flag that as work because you know right you're still doing something for the company like if i go out and shovel snow i can write that down as yeah. an hour that i worked or however long it took me to do it right so there's ways to get around it it's just it's obviously your check's gonna look a lot better if you have a a day a few days where you flag 20 hours as opposed to days you flagged eight right yeah but it all works itself out, yep. and I've I've found that even in the most stressful times there, or the times that it seems bleak when it comes to workload, it always comes back around and it works out. Yeah, especially nowadays in car sales, with the way the chip chip thing's gone, used car prices, everything like that, everything very, looks very bleak. Mm-hmm. And like that's not that's no reason I left auto sales, but. I mean, right now it's just it's crazy. Oh yeah, every we we can't keep a new car on the lot. Like yeah. every time it sh- they come in, they're sold immediately because we don't have overflow. Yeah. yeah, two of our hottest sellers at Nissan were the Pathfinder and the Frontier, and pretty much every one that we had planned on coming in. So it it's a little different. Like we can ha- will Nissan will tell us like okay, in the next six months you'll have this amount of cars. And then they kept cutting it, and they kept cutting it, and then they kept cutting it to where they'd be like, yeah, you have 40 of these vehicles coming in, but then when the month comes where you're supposed to receive those, then they cut it to, like, two. But uh, one thing I was going to bring up, like, with used car sales, so I bought my um, Dodge Ram, my 17 Ram 1500, loved that truck, did, you know, a few things to it, but I bought that for 32000 and it, the market's gone so crazy. I bought it when the market was already up. I sold it last month for six grand more than i bought it for damn and the the way the market's looking like for leases i got a brand new top of the line frontier pro 4x and i'm leasing that thing with a 90 like 89 percent residual i think 89 or 90 percent which is i don't know if you know a whole lot about leases but mm-hmm. that's incredible that's why i, I lease mine yeah. too i don't know what the residual was but yeah but like it's it's awesome to be able to you know not not have to worry about a car payment at that point like you have one but it's very minimal mm-hmm. so Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just like the car market, the housing market. It's a seller's oh definitely time. It's not a buy. Like if you well, want to buy, somebody's got to buy it if you're selling it. Yeah, but. some everyone's buying it. And the problem is the same thing. Like cars and houses are both the same way. Like let's just take the car market for example. There's no new cars hardly being made because of the chip manufacturers. And a lot of that bleeds down from like COVID, from when it all set in. They shut down the plants. And so there wasn't any new cars being made. And so the chip manufacturers had to sell to someone. So they're selling to like, you know, Sony or Samsung or any of those 
like com- computer TV manufacturers, electronic manufacturers that are putting them all in everything else. Because so, they, so, so you can stay home. Yeah. And so now, because everyone got their stimulus checks, and so they're all like, okay, let's go buy a new PlayStation, let's buy a laptop, and so they all sold out. And so the chip manufacturers are selling them all to them. And so the car manufacturers are back to production. They're like, hey, can we get those chips down? They're like, no, we're selling them to other people. And so they can't receive them. And so now the car manufacturers are trying to build a certain amount, and they can't because they don't have the computer chips for them. And so that's just going to keep bleeding down the line because there's no new cars now. There's going to be less new used cars in the next few years. So it's going to take like five to, you know, five plus years for everything to settle back. And I doubt it's even going to go back to normal. Same with the housing market, like here in Montana. Everyone is moving here from out of state. And so everyone's buying up houses. Well, you can't build a new house because lumber's so high, it's going to put the cost way up. You can't buy a, like a normal house because there's nothing available, and what is available is way up in price. Like if you're not offering, you know, ten to fifty grand over, they're not even going to listen to your offer. Mm-hmm. And it's illegal for them to like not accept an offer just because they think they can get more for like you know more on top of it. But it's just it's ridiculous how high it's gotten. Yeah. Well, they really did not think very long term when it came to all this covid shit yeah they they did not think about the idea that this is going to have a ripple effect that's going to last for years yeah as far as trying to stabilize back to what could be considered something normal well and it's completely destabilized the entire economy because if you look at (laughs) the price of everything's gone up inflation is just through the roof right now it's it's a lot like the recession everything just went way up and companies are going out of business and it's crazy yeah, and yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's and in then the thing that's even the most ridiculous part about the whole thing is the fact that we did all this for a cold. Yeah, like and I don't want to I don't want to minimize COVID for the people who lost people. Oh yeah, no. But based on factual data. It's it's not the plague. No. It's not Ebola. It's not. I mean, fuck cancers. It, it, yeah. If if COVID reacted like cancer, there would have been cause for concern, and people oh, yeah. would have been losing their fucking minds. Yeah. We were we were freaking out over a respiratory virus. Yeah. And clearly, in hindsight it would have been handled way differently. And I'm not saying there was, there should have been no reaction that we shouldn't have done nothing, but I think it was a bit of an overreaction and it's fucking us now. Yeah. Well, we're playing like, there's two different sides. So you've got to either, you know, play it as it's happening and stop it. Or you have, you have to try to stop it once it's already there. And the problem is, is by the time it got here, over in China, where it started, it was already to the point where they were trying to stop it, and it was already, like, you know, spreading and spreading and spreading. So now it's gotten to the point where it's just, it's a trickling effect, and it's just going to keep screwing everything up down the line. What happens if we have another one? Is the same thing going to happen? Are going to shut everything down again? It does make me wonder. Like, the the way we overreacted to this simple fucking virus, the fact that there's almost no question that it was a manufactured virus... Right. Released. I mean, grant, I'm, I'm not going to say it was released purposefully, but think of the, think about this. Let's just say governments colluded. The biggest governments in the world. 
China, U.S. collude to make to release this virus, overreact about it, say you know we know what we're doing, this is what's best for you, shut the whole econ- the world economy down, yeah, force everyone inside. And what are the two? And what are two giant things that are being put that have been kind of on the upswing since COVID and are now being broadcasted as like these mainstream ideas? Meta, virtual reality, like this whole idea of don't go anywhere, just stay home. Yeah. The the whole working from home, the whole I mean automation. Think of, like they've been oh, yeah. pushing automation. Yeah, for that's, years. Yeah, years that's already been a thing that's been on the line cryptocurrency that's the other thing one world currency this is like it's literally and i don't want to become conspiracy here but new world order shit yeah governments colluding to make a one world government ultimately so it'd be a one world currency one world religion look how they're breaking they're trying to destroy the modern family they're trying to destroy like just gender like every yeah. everything is a thing not everything used to be a thing no and now everything's a thing yeah no and it, it a little off topic but like there I, I remember that i was talking to this guy at one point and he and i actually found out a little more about it later i don't remember the exact details but there is a conspiracy conspiracy theory that the queen of england is the ultimate ruler of the world and she like all the u.s presidents and the Ch- Chinese president, everyone, everyone like that, are put in place by her, and she's the ruler of everything. She tells them what to do, and she's like the ultimate ruler of the world. And that's kind of what that reminds me of. Same kind of thing. One person rules all of them. It's all a collusion, and everyone's just telling each other what to do for the financial benefit of of each other, basically. Like even if our economy is not doing well, then they all still make the same amount of money. Almost, almost like a communist type thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but it's it's kind of a weird theory I've heard, mm-hmm. and it's almost making sense like with cryptocurrencies and the the funny thing is a lot of the governments like china pretty much just shut down cryptos yeah and so that's taken a huge hit to their market like i i don't have a whole lot of money you know a couple hundred bucks in cryptos but watching it fluctuate as things happen is crazy like when china pretty much you know told people they can't have cryptos i don't know what the exact you know things that they did was but just st- destabilized it, and it'll go way up or way down, way up and way down. It's like the stock market, same kind of right. thing. And so, I don't know, it's just a lot of that's kind of crazy. Also, metaverse, stupidest thing ever. Yeah, I it's mean... like with NFTs, you can you know, have this NFT, this picture that you buy for thousands, if not millions of dollars to put in your metaverse, you know, house. It's like... Like, virtual real estate is a legitimate thing they're talking about now. Why? That's crazy. I saw this thing about an or a meta Walmart. You go and buy groceries for your meta house. It's just a big video game. Yeah, that's all it is. It's like you're literally spending real money. F- I mean, people do it already. Yeah. With buying, like, uh, packs on Madden or something like that. Yeah. You're basically paying money to win. Same kind of thing. If you have the money, you can be the best person in meta. You can be, like, the president or something like that. I don't even know how it works, but it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, well, the dumbest it, thing I've ever heard. I mean, we've been literally kind of predicting this for years. Yeah. Like this was this was something that was always joked about or talked about or depicted in movies or television or something. You know, this was the the virtual world, the Matrix. Yeah, it's the Matrix. 
You know, and it's it's literally we've been talking about it for years, and now it's yeah. coming to light. It's really happening. Biggest question is, did the Simpsons predict it? Because if they, they didn't did. predict it, it won't happen. They did. <laughs> I, of I just they did. I just of saw. Of course a thing. they did. Yeah, it was literally like a future version of all of them, and yeah. it's it's Lisa's daughter, and she literally like plugs into her neck, and she like zonks out, and she's in the virtual world. It's fucking freaky. Yeah. It's almost like one of those um, movies where when you die, you get, like, cryogenically frozen, but you can still live, and your brain still, like, you know, produces receptors or whatever mm-hmm. to keep you alive, but you live in this virtual world. Like, I wonder if that's something they're trying to It wouldn't shock me, man. Or... I mean, you look at Elon Musk is doing the, the Neuralink thing. God, it's all going to become one at one point. Yeah. But then it's like, we still have a physical world, so what happens to that? The elites take over. Yeah. You're all plugged into the... I mean, Ready Player One. Ready Player One was truly the yeah. the exact... If you want, if anybody hasn't seen Ready Player One, you watch that. That is exactly what is happening right now. No, 100%. To almost yeah. an exact T. Like, that's... I wonder what the year was in that. I, I want to say it was, like, late. Like, 20... It's, like, 2050 or twenty. Yeah, or I'm curious. Because that could yeah. very easily be what this world looks like yeah it's that might be the most thought they were, we were gonna have you know flying cars by this point right and we we're gonna be running 100 percent electricity and like renewable energy and now the biggest push is like electric cars that barely get you know 300 miles of range yeah but it's it's starting to yeah become more reality than it was fiction yeah it's weird man and the crypto thing you know what sucks too i saw this thing it said if you would have invested the 1200 that you got from the um, COVID. Oh, the yeah, I know what you're talking about. Stimulus. stimulus if you would have yeah. taken the 1200 from the stimulus and invested it in like, and they showed a whole list of different cryptos and like what it would be worth today. Dude, it made me so, like I was pretty upset with myself. I, so back in, what was it? 2015, 2014-ish, when Doge first started coming out, you know, it was a meme coin, whatever, same kind of thing as Shiba is now. There was I followed the Dogecoin subreddit. Mm. Well, they decided to sponsor a NASCAR. They saw this guy Josh Wise. He was in kind of trash equipment. wasn't wasn't good equipment. wasn't like a top tier ride, but he was running well. And so Reddit decided, hey, you know what? Let's sponsor the car. That'll give him a little bit of money. Get our you know our coin out there. It's a win win for both people. I bought a T shirt to support it, and they would match. Like when you bought that T shirt, you got ten dollars in Doge. You know, I was like, okay, whatever. It was like worth like one, one millionth of a coin at that point or something like that. Yeah. I don't remember the exact amount. So somewhere I have a, a coin wallet where I had $10 in Doge from back in 2015. I looked at what that would have been worth when like when it was GMC and uh, AMC and all those stocks went up because Doge kind of hit at that same point. Yeah. I would have made $95,000 off that ten dollars and you could you didn't know i where have it no idea where that wallet's at i have no idea how to get to it fuck that sucks bro and i remember when bitcoin started coming out i was gonna put ten dollars in it and i was super young but i didn't know how any cryptos worked and i was like oh yeah i'm scared of this if i put 10 bucks in i'd be a millionaire in what bitcoin in bitcoin yeah dude I, the, the one i saw on there was a Ethereum. Yeah. If you would have put the twelve in Ethereum back when you got the stimulus check, it'd be worth like 
85,000 or something like that now. Probably more. Ethereum's gone way up. Yeah. It's crazy. I downloaded that app just to kind of keep an eye yeah. on it. Like, I, I haven't bought any yet. Yeah, I I use a couple different apps, but it's it's kind of cool to watch. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like the new stock market. It's, it's like those people. Have you ever seen the, like, this one guy bought a... It was when Bitcoin had gone up to, like, a dollar or something. Mm-hmm. And this guy bought mm. a pizza with it. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't remember how much he spent on the pizza. It was like 35 he, Bitcoin or something. No, it was like more that. than that. It was like a couple hundred Bitcoin. It was, yeah, that, it, was, it was worth way less. It was like in the penny stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he bought a couple hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin and had bought pizza with it. That pizza was worth like a couple billion dollars or a couple few million. million yeah. yeah. It was like a hundred million something dollars. It's insane. Do you think that guy's just sick to his stomach? Who wouldn't be? There's also another guy I was looking at. He owns the largest amount of Bitcoin that can't be accessed. He has a computer, and he, you can set up like your crypto wallet to where you have a password, and if you guess it wrong ten times, it just wipes that wallet, and it no longer exists. And this guy doesn't remember his passcode for it, because it was just a bunch of numbers. It was kind of like binary. And so he doesn't remember what it was, and he has like three attempts left. And if he gets into it, he has like 400 or $500 million sitting in this wallet that he can't get into. I know there's a guy that had a bunch of... Might not have been Bitcoin, but it w- I think it was Bitcoin. Had some kind of crypto that's worth a lot now in a wallet. Yeah. But it was on a hard drive, and that hard drive got thrown away. So he is like, he has permission. I think he's in London. I think it's in London. Oh, yeah, I saw that. He's sifting through the dump every single day trying to yeah. find that. And the government, I think, is out there, too. I think he offered, like, a a, a head on it. Like, a, he yeah. gives people money if they could find this and he could retrieve it yeah. and so he's got like the government out there looking for it too because it's got like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of bitcoin on it that's nuts yeah my well, question is with this bitcoin shit and uh, this might be a stupid thing because I, I like i said all this stuff is way bigger than what my brain can handle same or i just don't have the interest to understand it as much but how does something like that transfer into US dollars. Like how how do you go from like let's say I in, initially invested $100 in Bitcoin before it blew up. And so it's worth mm-hmm. way less than that, right? And then it blows up and, I, and now I have $100 million. Where's the money trans like how how does the how does it translate from that to to physical money? I think a lot of it just translates to the basic laws of supply and demand. It's somebody made this and so all of a sudden, everyone wants it. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. And so out of nowhere, everyone's interested in it. And so since Bitcoin, there's only a finite amount. There's you know yeah. a certain amount that there is out there. There's no more that's ever going to exist. Now that people are into it, everyone wants it. And so that drives the price up. I think that's kind of what the, the basics of it are. It's just the basic laws of su- supply and demand. Now transferring into US coin, same thing. Somebody's going to pay a monetary value for something That's true. Okay. So like if... if you know, they put a the value a of it major, goes up. Yes. So therefore, some millionaire out there is paying that yeah. amount for what I have. Like with the new Spider-Man movie, how much did they make? They broke. The bo- I'm pretty sure they broke the box office record for like first month or first week or something like that. Yeah. Imagine if they put that out there, and you have all these fans that are out there and want to see the new Spider-Man, but they only allow 400 people to watch it, and that's all they're ever going to allow is those 400 people to watch it. If you sold your rights to it and you had already bought it. It would go way up in price. Say, like, those 400 people paid a dollar, but you have, like, 20 million people that want to watch it. The ones who are rich are going to be like, oh, yeah, heck yeah, I'll pay you 10 grand to go watch this movie. Right. Same kind of thing. It's just value. I feel like it's value. It's what somebody deems the value to be. 
and that's going to drive up the price and drive up supply. Yeah, that makes sense. Clearly, I don't think about this much because that's a very obvious answer. That oh, I just, that's the, I, I could be totally wrong. No, it on makes that. sense. That's just what I'm guessing. It makes absolute <laughs> yeah. sense. I, just, I guess to me, that kind of money just doesn't make sense. No, you know when I think about like the amount of money that that is, but to some people, it's nothing. So, well, and I saw this guy on the internet that um, I don't remember where I saw it at, but it was to put into idea how much Jeff Bezos is worth, and it was with grains of rice. Yeah, it's like one grain of rice is worth a hundred dollars, and you just see these piles grow in increments, and you see his pile of what a billion dollars or however much he's worth, and the pile of rice is like the size of this table here, and that's each one of those is worth a hundred dollars. Yeah, you think about how much a hundred dollar bill is worth, like you and me, and think about having a pile of them that high, like in equal size. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, like watching uh, the Joker and. Uh, the Batman movies. Remember when he's like sliding down the pile of money and just lights it on fire? Dude, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, it's, it's crazy to think about this too. Um, so some, some dummy was, I think Bezos is worth like 150 some million billion or something yeah. like that. Some crazy. I think, well, I, was he the first billionaire? Him and uh, oh, no, no, Elon? No, 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 not, not at all. I don't know. I, there's a lot of billionaires out there. There's not a lot. Oh yeah, you're right. But he, he's gonna be the first trillionaire. I think is what I was thinking. Yeah, he could predicting. potentially have been, but I don't think so. that's a lot. I hate lot. rich people, so I really don't pay attention. But but uh, and you could say yeah, the same about anyway. You could say Elon or Bezos because yeah. Elon's technically the richest guy in the world now, or he's not because yeah. you know there's like princes and fucking dudes in Saudi countries Arabia that and, yeah. their money isn't disclosed. Salt of Brunei. Yeah. yeah. There's oil type, like guys who own big oil shit that yeah. their money's not necessarily public. But some some dummy saw this thing and was like, you know, 150, it's 150 some billion dollars and they were like, they could give every single person a billion dollars, which is wrong. Yeah. But it's not incorrect to think that they easily could give every person in America a million dollars. Yeah. And completely, well, what two things would happen if they did that. The first thing would happen is it would 100% it would kill poverty. Poverty would no longer exist. But it would completely fuck the uh, economy up. Oh yeah, it would cause inflation to skyrocket. Yes. It would absolutely destroy inflation. Like it would be at a level you'd never seen before. And just because everyone's out of pro- poverty, you got to think somebody who lives on like a thousand dollars a month, if they were handed a million dollars, do you think they would go out and they would invest it in the stock market and buy a house and not blow all that money, like set it in like an annuity that pays them out every month, or do you think they'd go out and just blow it on cocaine and strippers? See, here's the thing: what do you too, think though? people would do? Honestly, I think it would boost the economy to do that. If if they gave out. Let's say if one of the let's say those two combine together mm-hmm. their wealth, and we're just like we're gonna give every single person, man, woman, and child. In America, a million dollars, it would almost stabilize the economy because then you have more people, like it's gonna boost more companies because people are gonna buy things, big things, no less. People are gonna buy cars. People are gonna buy houses. People yeah. are gonna buy. Or they'll invest it, or they'll make businesses. Like more businesses would profit, more lo- more, you know, small businesses would thrive. It would almost make more sense to do it. That reminds me of two things: one, communism, where everyone's money is equal, everyone gets an equal amount. Like that kind of is what that reminds me of. 
Two, it reminds me of, I'm forgetting the country I know. One is Germany after World War Two. The other one is, like, I think it's Venezuela. Yeah. Where people, like, literally have wheelbarrows of, like, million dollar or million whatever currency uh, bills in wheelbarrows because they're worth, like, $20. Right. See, but at the same, the way I'm thinking of it is it's... The laws of capitalism would still exist. So right. what you choose to do with that money is up to you. You can invest it. You could blow it. You could you know, just live on it. You could whatever you want to do with it. And, and bas- basically, it's just like a jump starter is what yeah. it would be. It, would, it, it wouldn't be like you all just make this amount of money and that's all you get. You know, and It's like a stimulus check almost. Essentially. Kind of viewing it as. Essentially, yeah. But if you also look at what the stimulus check did to the economy and it drove up inflation. Well... Did, I don't know. There's there's a lot of different ways. You I can feel do like it. the inflation is being caused more by the lack of people working, and the and the lack of products being made. That's the thing, though, is that we have one of the lowest unemployment rates right now. It's just people don't want to work for companies that aren't willing to pay them. Right. Well, yeah. Like if somebody who's working, you know, for like ten dollars an hour at McDonald's got a million dollars, you think they'd keep that job? True. Yeah. Which would cause that that You're right. go way up in price. That 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 industry would a lot of industries somebody would Walmart, fail, you are correct. Somebody at Walmart who hates their job working, you know, ten hours a day as a you know, stocking shelves, if they got a million bucks, are they gonna stay working that or are they gonna go to a daytime job if they can or even keep a job? Like it's it's the same thing. It's just I don't know. I don't understand economics. I'm not the person you talk to about economics. That's just my viewpoint is that I think it would just completely destabilize everything. Everyone would just go crazy. And well, here's the thing that should cause everything. Here's to what needs up. to happen in a perfect world. Elon needs to create all the like manufactured, all the automated stuff that's going to create, you know, basically do all the basic jobs that people don't want to do. And then everybody gets a hefty amounts of money, basically like the universal income. Mm. And then we all get to just like fucking be free. Yeah. Like labor no longer exists. Like we basically get to just do whatever we want. And like, that's basically what a job is though, is they're paying you for your labor. They're paying you for your time. Right. But now we don't have labor. So now we just get universal income. That's communism. In a sense. Yeah. (laughs) But people have to work still in communism true and because uh, one way or another automation is co- going to happen right like there's gonna be uh, that somewhere down the line nobody's gonna work at burger king burger yeah. king's gonna work itself yeah well and that's already kind of a thing there's a lot of places like there's a burger place that has no employees it's just people that go in and like set up these machines and then you basically put your system in like or your order in the system and it's all made by computers and it just pops out a burger yeah and that's going to be the future at some point. Right. And so what if there's all these empty jobs that nobody to work and there's all these people that don't have jobs, they got to make money somehow. Yeah. But but at what point does that make it to where like nobody can afford to do things because there's not enough jobs to afford to do things? Like there's a fine line of like automation and a fine line of too much to where not enough jobs are out there for people and so that just drives down poverty and you know what never made sense to me? Like, just th- just talking about this. Hmm. I mean, the fact that we can just print money at no... With no consequence, basically. Because there's nothing to back it. We have hmm. There's no backing to our money. 
So there used to be. Gold and silver. The gold standard yeah. is what it used to be. So forever, however much we had at like Fort Knox, like we have a certain amount of gold. And once we're past, once we're to that point in printed dollars, we can't print anymore. Right. Now it, they just print off money like it's, you know, just, you know, standard A4 paper. Oh, it's yeah. Just, they yeah, we literally off. have just decided that money has no value. In- inflation has gone up. If you look at when we went off the gold standard, I don't remember what administration, I think it was. I'm probably wrong. I think the Reagan administration or the Nixon administration is when we went off the gold standard. Ever since then, oil. Yeah. oil was basically the factor. Yeah. And so ever since we switched off and switched on to whatever else we're on now, inflation is just going up and up and up and up progressively. And mm-hmm. not even progressively, it's going up very rapidly now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the major problem is that we're just printing money like it's no tomorrow, like the stimulus checks. How do we have the money to do that? What the hell deems that we can do that? That almost makes it like a communist thing where, okay, we're going to give you $1,200. Right. What about the fact they fucked me for like seven grand in taxes last year? Jeez. <laughs> like, what about that? I didn't get taxed hardly at all. I didn't have to, like, obviously I paid that in my paychecks. I didn't have to pay it all in one lump sum, but still, like. That's fucked up. Yeah. I understand where a lot of our taxes go, but. See, that's another thing, too, is if we could get, if we could get a receipt for our taxes, if it straight up said this is what your tax money is going to, like we paid for this road, yeah. we paid for you know whatever this, I would be way more stoked about giving taxes. If it actually showed me what it's going to, now if it said, yeah, this amount of money paid for your fucking boneheaded congressman, then I'm like, well, well fuck that. Yeah. It's like if if it was a it, I want to see the the margin that went to fire departments, the margin that went to police officers. Yeah. That part I'm fine with. Like, you know, developing roads yeah. and, you know, um stuff like that, but I th- so a little bit on that topic, but what I think is hilarious is the IRS every year is like, "Okay, do your taxes. You owe us taxes." And you're just like, "Okay, well, how much do I owe you?" I don't know, you figure that out. Well, what if I pay you too much? Oh, we'll give you money back. What if I'm paying you enough? Oh, you have to pay us back. Well, how much? I don't know. You figure it out. It's just like they just throw us into yeah. the freaking lion's den and they're like, okay, you figure it out. Right. Good luck. Well, and another thing too is it's like, I, I do think, I think people would be, would vote on things differently. Their their opinions would be different if they actually did see where their tax dollars go. Oh, definitely. Like that's the money you earned. If you could physically see, this is the amount that, is being spent on this from yeah. your money, not from like the lump sum. Right. I want to know exactly where my money's going. Like you want to see a, like a breakdown of every single dollar down to the penny where your money goes. Right. Or if you dig deep enough and you do enough math, you could probably figure that out. But the fact that you don't put that just out there, like, yeah. like say you do your taxes when they send you your refund check back, if they gave you, like an itemized receipt of this much that went to this, this much went to this, this much went to this. It'd be a hell of a lot nicer. Or if we could saying. allocate our own taxes, like if they were like, now which ones of these groups would you like to send your tax money to? I want to send it the, to the fire department. Almost like a, a, a stock kind of option. Almost. Yes. It's not like you're getting money back from it, but it's like, okay, you owe 12% in taxes. Where do you want this, like break it down to where you want your money to go? That would show the gov- That would also show them a lot more of where people view like if 80 percent of people out there are like man we need to put more money towards the fire department or more like, money okay, toward roads more money towards roads or they put more money towards this or, or national defense yeah. or whatever but then that also brings up the point of overfunding what if you know the fire department of the well US, let's just say instead of getting like 
the you know 300 million they get they get f- like 50 billion dollars what what are they going to do with it right right yeah you're right i mean there could be a cap yeah on things but then it's like and we should be able to vote on the cap yeah it's like because all these fucking congress people are like spending our tax money like it's nothing yeah they're just like yeah i'll take a fucking private plane yeah or oh yeah i'll give myself a little bonus this month we don't see what their where their fucking yeah uh wages we don't get to see how much everybody makes and i I know there's a certain amount and did you see this whole thing where pelosi and dude she's done she's done where she where she no i think she already said like when the next term comes around she's out of there retired yeah i really hope thank fucking god thank god did you see the thing where she was saying that insider trading should be allowed for congress for for state senate and so on that same note i actually saw somebody talking about like if you want a financial investor the best you can get just follow what pelosi does because if you watch almost every single one of her like stocks or shareholder anything she does if she buys you should buy because you know it's going to skyrocket almost 99 percent of what she does either gains money and when she sells all of them lose money that's totally insider trading if we do it that's 100 percent illegal we can go to jail we have to pay you know fines we have to pay restitution everything like that but if they do it that's fine mm-hmm. nobody nobody not, not that nobody cares but nobody does anything about but it. what's even worse is they get to vote in in on things that yeah. will make things boost or yeah. fall they have the power to make those things boost and fall. Yeah. I mean, there was, I, I don't know this to be true, but this is something that I've heard. Lyndon B. Johnson put stock in helicopters. And somebody was like, what the fuck do we need helicopters for? Like, like or why would you put stock in helicopters? We don't hardly ever use them. The only way we'd ever use them is if we went to war. Vietnam. Yeah. And then Vietnam happened. Yeah. Like, the conflict of Vietnam was already kind of beginning, but it hadn't fully erupted. Yeah. After he bought stock in helicopters, Vietnam happened. I don't know that to be true as a fact, but I had I, heard that. I've heard that as well, and I don't know. That's insane. It's ridiculous. And I, I don't understand that we're the ones who elect these people, but when we put them in office, we have no idea what they're going to do with that. And most of them... no idea what they're going to do. Most people that vote just vote for a party line. They don't vote for people yeah. and what they actually stand for. Hell, probably some of the best candidates you could get are, like, fringe candidates yeah. or people who don't side with a party, independents or other parties or... And that's kind of where I fall in. Like, I don't side with either option i go like libertarian yeah. that's where i side and those probably because, would be the better candidates yeah because they're more for like a free economy free market like do what you want kind of thing and it's it's so ridiculous and this is kind of what when the constitution and everything kind of came developed is ever they literally warned us like years in the future like you're going to try to avoid party lines is basically how they put it not in those exact words but everyone nowadays is so you're republican or you're democrat and that's it everyone it's not like you know well well, i see these sides of things so that's understandable so i'm gonna go for this person it's oh i'm republican i'm going for this guy i'm democrat i'm only gonna go for this guy yeah doesn't matter if he's a fucking piece of shit doesn't he's a dummy yeah you know it's just it's blue or red that's so stupid everything follows that so if like everyone is so upset about the trump administration everyone started going democrat but now look where we are everyone's yeah. like so pissed off and irritated about everything they're like oh i'm going republican next time or oh i only voted for him because i didn't want the other guy yeah which it's, was stupid yeah. and it's like 
and everything is politicized. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I voted Republican. Oh, so you must hate transgender people. It's right. like, who said that? Who said that? Because because they because it's because that so happens yeah. to be politicized with one party. That means that somebody's a transphobe or somebody's a racist or somebody's yeah. a this or somebody's, somebody's so a that. anti-gun because they're a liberal. Yeah, which okay. is crazy. It's like you can actually have other ideas that don't fit a party line. Right. You might vote for a certain party. That doesn't mean that you live by every standard, but we live in this world where that's just how it is. That's how people view you. Are you a tennis fan? No. Have you heard about tennis lately? Kind of. Are you talking about that girl? The guy who isn't allowed in Australia because he's unvaccinated? I had not heard that. So there's, I don't remember what his name is, but he, I think he won like the, I think it was in Australia last year. He won whatever. The Australia Open. Yeah. And so now he's not allowed back in the country because he's unvaccinated. That's It's the same kind of thing. All you hear about is certain things because like, like a media group or something like that is so one-sided towards that. Yeah. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Australia has become a straight up dictatorship. So here's what's funny about Australia. So a lot of their economy is based on China. China's invested, and that's what they've been doing. Since they've become a world superpower, like, Africa is a huge thing. They've been throwing money at Africa, like, billions and trillions of dollars for dams and bridges and infrastructure and buildings and everything like that. In the And they don't expect a dime back. They expect that country to listen to them. That's what happened to Australia. If you look at Australia and New Zealand's, like, the way they are with COVID... Yeah. Like New Zealand, if you aren't vaccinated, you're not allowed in the country. Right. They will not allow you to even get on a plane that's headed towards New Zealand because they will not allow you in the country unless you're vaccinated. And that's what China's done with Australia. They are basically trying to buy up like assets in countries, so they have to follow their rule. Like, it, and that's the biggest thing with Australia right now. They're becoming a dictatorship. They're saying you can go outside for two hours a day, one hour where you can see people, you have to be this far apart. If you aren't, you're going to get thrown in jail. If you have a modified car, if you have an exhaust on your car, you're going to go to jail. If you have a tuner on your car, if you have more horsepower than what we're allowing, you're going to go to jail and we're going to put your car in the scrapyard. We're going to shred that car right in front of your eyes. You're going to go to jail if you do this. And a lot of it's just coming down from China, adding infrastructure into that country, and they're like, you know what, you have to listen to us or you have to pay us that money back. And everyone's like, oh my god, we don't have anywhere near that amount of money to throw into you guys, so we're going to listen to you. Same thing's happening with Aust- or with Africa. If you look into a lot of the, I think it's uh, Zimbabwe, they built a dam there, and they put like a 2 or $3 trillion into that country just to you know build infrastructure and try to make it a you know first world country. But if they don't listen to them, they have to owe all that money back. Just conquer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same thing that used to happen, you know, thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, you know. They're basically doing what the Nazis did, except they're doing it without guns. Yeah. They're they're not forcing their way in. They're they're kind of, they're doing it a a less militant way. Yeah. They're doing it a political way. They're doing it with the dollar bill. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing it with the dollar money because yeah. i guarantee you if you went up to somebody on the street today and go i'll give you ten thousand dollars if you do this they're gonna listen to you yeah and be like if you don't do that you have to pay that back they're gonna get it, go do it right so the same kind of thing fuck man yeah that's scary scary to see it yeah. i'm not gonna quote all my facts i'm not gonna say everything's 100 percent accurate that's just what i read and you know how the media is the media is like it could, so yeah. one-sided which and is if you don't dig into things you know the media is gonna dictate what you hear and that's what you know yeah they're gonna try to like Jazine Maxwell 
How much have you heard about that trial? Yeah, she did get convicted. Though. She did, thank God. But how much did you hear about it compared None. to like Kyle Rittenhouse? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, exactly. You heard all day, every day about Rittenhouse. Yeah. And everyone's up in arms about it. But how much did you hear about the biggest pedophile ring in the world? Yeah. 